Welcome to the Convergence Church Podcast. Our vision at Convergence is to encounter Jesus and transform cities with His power and His love. If you'd like more information about Convergence and how to plug in, you can visit convergencechurch.com. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy this message. All right. Well, hey. It is so good to be back here. Um, you know, there's, I'm looking around. There's new people in the room. My name is Steve Fish, and uh, I'm the apostolic leader here at Convergence. This is my beautiful wife, Marcy, who just uh, keeps getting prettier by the day. I love your new sweater, by the way. I really, I really like that. Yeah. Well, man, it is great to be back. Um, if you notice that I'm glowing um, you may think that's the anointing, uh, but actually I've been through 45 radiation treatments. <laughs> and there's anointing too. I think though, if you turn off the lights, I might glow in the dark. <laughs> so uh, back in December, I went to the doctor. I knew something, something was wrong. I, didn't, I had some tests and and uh, turns out I found out in April that, uh, that I had some uh, prostate cancer. Uh, it was non-aggressive. Um, and many times you can just live with that. Um, but there were some levels also that kept going up two different things. And, uh, so, you know, we, uh, obviously I didn't expect to have to go through that. I actually, when the doctor, before the doctor came in the room to tell me that, that it had test, I tested positive for cancer. Um, I already had on my phone ready to text to Marcy, no cancer. <laughs> I, was, I was ready. And every step of the way, you know, I just kept like, okay. You know, even, even right before the treatment started, my doctor hadn't assigned me to go for another blood test, and I showed up for a blood test. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to test one more time um, before we go through this. Uh, but you know what? God is faithful, and he's good, and he is a mighty healer. And I just, I believe that we are on the forefront of the greatest healing revival that the world has ever seen. And I'm, I'm not about to let go of that. In fact, going through all this doesn't make me feel any less that Jesus is healer. I am more convinced than ever before that Jesus is healer. You know, Jesus didn't go around putting cancer on people. He, he broke things off of people. And uh, he broke things off of people who didn't even follow him. <laughs> you know? It's who he is. And I'm going to see more people healed. You're going to see more people healed. And this is an, such an amazing time to be alive. I hope you saw even the video of the largest mass baptism in U.S. history just happened in California a few weeks ago. Over 4,000 people. Guys, the sound of awakening, I believe, is beginning to ring in this land. And I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful for what God is doing, what he's doing in the younger generation. Um, so after that diagnosis, uh, I'm just... You know, that I went away to Mexico for a week, and I so, so appreciate um, Marcy really encouraging me to do that because 
it, I, I'd spent a week just, I ran on the beach. Um, I read my journals for the last 10 years back just to tap into God's faithfulness. And I spent time with him, and it, it, it really helped me to go into this season prepared. Uh, because it was, it, it was a, a long-distance race. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm looking around this room at uh, others, you know, even people who you've been through cancer treatments, and, and you've come out and come through, and God has, has brought you through. And uh, others who've just been healed. You know, I was thinking this week about um, a girl who's, who sat right over here. And uh, she had been sent home. And the doctors told her to go set her affairs in order. She had throat cancer. And she came here on a Sunday morning and Jesus healed her. Right in this room. Jesus is a really, really good, a really good healer. But, uh, yeah, hey, I wanted to just give you a, a quick little uh, rundown here. Why don't we go ahead and just pop on that video of kind of what my last uh, 10 months was like. Weeks, 10 months. Thank you. I may need several corrections today. I didn't get much sleep last night. So appreciate you guys back there working through some issues back there today. Aren't we thankful for our sound people? These, these guys are amazing, and uh, they work and do this in all kinds of different, different atmospheres. Well, that's all right. We can, we can move on from that. Well, hey, um, you know, have you ever watched the movie uh, Groundhog Day? <laughs> and, you know, in that movie, it's like it, he re repeats the same day over and over and over and over. And, and uh, going through what I did, these 45 different treatments, in, in many ways, it kind, of, it kind of felt like that. And uh, I was just like, okay, Lord, I want to do, do this better each time. And uh, at first, it was just sort of traumatic to be there. I was like, okay, well, this is really happening. And it, it, it took a while. And then I was like, okay, I'm here. I'm here to make a difference and to bring light. And uh, so I was able to, you know, to begin to pray for people, to prophesy over people, and just, just do what we do and, uh, and, and be who we are. You know, when you go through something, you can't afford to waste it. When you go through something with the Lord, and, and we're all going to go through different things in our lives, um, but we've got to let it make us better. You know, I've watched people become bitter. That doesn't seem like a good choice. Um, I've seen people get apathetic. That doesn't seem like a good choice. I've seen some people run off other directions and go to things that don't have life. And turn, turn away from the Lord. And, and that doesn't do anything. So our, so our choice is to let the Lord, Lord make us better. And so that's, that's been my prayer. And uh, 
you know, several weeks ago, I, and I have, I've been on sabbatical, so I haven't been here, and several weeks ago, I, w- I was really wrestling. I'd had a very painful Saturday, and uh, on that Saturday, I didn't, I didn't say this out loud, but, but in my heart, I'd just been reading through some of my journals and things about the faithfulness of God, and in my heart, I just said, Lord, I'm not really sure you're faithful right now, just to be really open and honest with you. I, I was just really hurting and very tired. And I said, Lord, I'm not really sure you're faithful right now. And that next day, I went to, went to New River, where my son David is on staff. And he's preaching here next Sunday. You need to be here. He's amazing. And uh, I walked in. I was taking my mom. She's 92. And she'd never heard David preach. So... Uh, I, I brought my mom in, and, and we sat for a little while in the back row because I want she, she walk, you know, walking is a little bit difficult for her right now, and I didn't want to just walk to the front if there wasn't a place. We sat on the back row, and on the back row there, I looked over, and there was a guy named Danny. And Danny, I went to high school with Danny. And I knew Danny because I was an amateur radio operator, and he, he was a radio operator and had great equipment, you know, and so I would go over to his house, and we would talk radio, and, and he, he, but he didn't know Jesus, and so, so I was praying for him to, to know Jesus back when I was in, was in high school. In fact, I, I even, it's so funny, I, I looked back in some of my journals, um, I'll just pop this up real quick, um, I look back in some of my journals, <laughs> 1982, and number one on my list there, even before number seven, girlfriend. Um, for okay, look, I'm 19 at the time. Girlfriend was really important, uh, but he was number one on my list that day, and I prayed for him, and uh, so I walk into this church. <laughs> All these years later, 2023, with my mom, I sit down on the row, and there on that row is Danny Briggins, who I prayed for in high school and did not see fruit, and now he is saved, sitting in that church, and my son is about to preach to him. And the Lord said to me, And it wasn't a still small voice this time. It was a little more forceful, but it was very loving. It wasn't the audible voice of the Lord, but it was an intense voice of the Lord. And he said to me, you know I'm faithful. It was like, we don't need to play games here. You know I'm faithful. And I, I want to just, uh, I want to talk this morning about the faithfulness of the Lord. You know, um, I graduated, just, I want to go back to, to high school again. I, I graduated from Southwest High School, and um, this is the auditorium. Several, uh, back when we had our last worship in the city, um, I met uh, Joseph here, and he said, hey, I want you to come. I, I do these Jesus movements in, in a high school. And I said, well, what high school do you do it in? He said, I do it in Southwest High School. 
I said, well, that's my high school. And so he said, well, you, well, you need to come when we have our Jesus gathering. And so I said, okay, I'll go. And, uh, and so I went, and, uh, and there, and the auditorium looks exactly the same. <laughs> same chairs. <laughs> uh, I went, and there was almost around 100 students and, and Joseph got up in that auditorium, and, and he just preached Jesus. I mean, it was straight-on gospel. And he then at the end invited those of us who were there, pastors and people who were there, and invited people forward for prayer. And, and a, a girl comes up to me, and she says, I, I want some prayer. And I said, well, what do you need? She said, I don't know. I said, well, do you know Jesus? And she said, no. I said, well, do you want to know Jesus? She said, yes. And standing right there in the auditorium where last time I spoke there, I was speaking to get elected to a, a student council office. <laughs> um, and I was elected. And I ended up, I was vice president of student body, but I ended up, there were some issues with that the president student body went through and got suspended, I ended up acting as president of the student body. Now, when I spoke, I made all these promises, and my dad helped me write an amazing speech. And God has gifted me as a speaker, and those gifts don't go away, you know, when you, whatever you're speaking. And, and so I made all these great promises um, that I wasn't able to keep. <laughs> I learned that it's, a, it's one thing to look at it all from the outside, but when you get on the inside, things look a little different. And so I made these great promises in my speech, and uh, I wasn't able to keep a lot of them. But that day at Southwest High School, I made a promise to a girl that I know will be kept, that Jesus has changed her life. God is faithful. And, and the seeds that you have planted through the years of your life are going to chase you down with blessing. And you're going to see his faithfulness. And I'm seeing faithfulness of God of things that I didn't see from seeds that were planted even 40 years ago. And several months back at the end of last year, you guys prayed for, for Marcy and me and you sent us out into our new season and, and we're so excited about this season uh, and we love what God's doing here. Andrew and Emily and this whole team are just doing a fantastic job. And uh, you sent us out, though, in, in October. And, and that very day, kind of the theme of that day was that God is faithful. And I didn't know they were going to sing it, but one of my favorites that Sunday um, we sang, you know, all my life you have been faithful. And that, that is one of my absolute favorite, favorite songs. All my life you have been so, so good. And so we sang that song that Sunday. And Kim Church, she prophesied. And she said, Steve, what if you carry the faithfulness that you've always talked about your mentor, Howard Weibel, carried? What if that's you now? And I, I knew the Lord was speaking to me through that. And that Sunday, Marcy and I pulled up to a Mexican restaurant after that service. And as we pulled up, I could hear before we even opened the door on the speakers in the parking lot of that Mexican restaurant, 
All my life, you have been faithful. That song was playing in the very moment we drove up on that day. I think he's faithful. I know he's faithful. And so this morning, I just, I want to look, I want to look in Hebrews 11. And I want to talk about standing in the faithfulness of God. Um, because that's where I feel like he's had me over these, these, last, uh, these last weeks. And uh, there, was a lot, there was a lot of standing. And, and I'll be honest with you, the first half of this, I was like, Lord, I don't feel like I have anything to say. <laughs> you know, I was fighting. And I was, and I was standing. And, uh, and it took a while. Um, but I want to I look at standing in the faithfulness of God. Hebrews 11, 11. By faith. Say by faith. by faith. By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life since she considered him faithful who had promised. And so by faith, even Sarah. Now, it's interesting. None of the other, as it mentions other people in, the, in our kind of hall, faith hall of fame here, um, Sarah's the only one that says even Sarah. And I was like, well, you know, because you think about Sarah, there were, I mean, all, in all of the people in, the, in, the, in this chapter, they had, they had good moments and they had bad moments. And, and they had moments of faith and they also had moments of unbelief. And, uh, you know, it, it could be written by unbelief, even Sarah herself encouraged Abram to have a child with Hagar she laughed and li- also and lied to the angel of the Lord. <laughs> but you know what? That's not what it says. And that's not what the Lord says about, about her. It could say by fear, Abraham lied to Abimelech and said Sarah was his sister and not his wife. Almost got the guy killed. <laughs> Just because of his own issue. But that's not what it says in the new covenant in Hebrews 11. It says, by faith, Abraham fulfilled the promise. And so God identifies us by our best chapter, not our worst. And aren't you thankful that we have a good God like that? And and whatever chapter you've been in, God looks for that place. And he knows who you really are. And he identifies us by our best chapter, not our worst. If God does not define you by your worst chapter, then neither should you. And I don't even believe that we have the right to define ourselves by our worst chapter because he is the one who declares our identity and who we are. And God faithfully leads us through opportunities to overcome. And you know, the word overcome means there's going to be some things to overcome with him, to see him move. And so by faith, you're written in this chapter also, and you are an overcomer. And whatever you're walking through right now, the purpose is not that it overwhelms you. It's that you overcome. You overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. So by faith, even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive. And she was 90 years old. God specializes in working miracles in the midst of messes. 
You know, think if he didn't, how short the Bible would be. <laughs> God, God created man, said, let there be light, da-da-da, the end. You know, it's about, it's about a journey. And it's about legacy. That in all of our journey, in every part of the journey that you're going through, what you're walking through is not just for you, it's for the generations to come. And God specializes in working miracles in the midst of the messes. It says, even beyond the proper time of life. Abraham 100, she's 90. And so I just want to say that we don't need to let the enemy put an expiration date on the promises that God has made over our lives. Because you look at that and you're like, that is one expired prophecy. She's 90, he's 100, expired. And I just felt like even today that there are promises that God wants to renew in our lives. That we have allowed the enemy to say, it's too late. Maybe you messed up too much. You didn't do this. Maybe he's telling you, you didn't step out here. You didn't do that. Listen, it's not expired until God says it expires. And so we don't need to let the enemy put expiration dates because God specializes in defying time. We serve a time-defying God. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end and everything in between. And he is not limited by time. In fact, he redeems time. It says in Joel, he said, I will make up to you for the years the swarming locust has eaten. How do you do that? Only God can do that. He redeems the time. Job 19.25, the highlights of the whole book of Job, says, as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at last he will take his stand on the earth. He is a Redeemer, and that means to buy back. And he's able to buy back years that have been stolen. He is a faithful Redeemer. You know, you, you look at things, you know, Jesus waiting Four days before he raised Lazarus from the dead. And I look at that and I think, man, you let them go through a lot of pain, Lord. Four days of grieving. I was real. And I was like, why? And, you know, I, there were times as I walked through this these last uh, several months that I, I, I did. I said, why, Lord? And I don't, I don't think it's wrong to say why, Lord. Um, but if you ask why, just don't get stuck there. <laughs> I process everything with the Lord. So I'm going to say why, Lord, when I have a why in my heart. Because he already, he already knows it's there. But you can't, you can't get stuck there. Because he doesn't always give us a why. And we may not always see a why even for, for years to come. Um, if you do ask why... Don't just get stuck on why. Ask, what do you want to do in me as I walk through this? Um, 
That's that question you'll get a lot of forward momentum on. <laughs> Lord, what do you want to work in me as I'm going through this? Or you can ask, who do you want to be to me as I walk through this? That, uh, that will really go somewhere <laughs> with the Lord. And uh, he, he, I find that he gives me a lot of revelation when I ask those kinds of questions. You know, now we have a clock in the back that has a seconds going. So <laughs> that was random. All right. Hebrews 11, 11, in the verse, since she considered, say considered. She considered him faithful who had promised. The word faithful there means to regard. It means to lead into. In other words, she leaned in. Sarah leaned in to the faithfulness of God. She considered that he's faithful who had promised. And I, one of the things that has really, really helped me, again, I already said, like, I went back through 10 years of journals. And I felt like the Lord told me to go back and even to, to just pick different things that he did and meditate on them all day. Like, Lord, you miraculously got us in the house we're in when people said you, it could not be done. You did it. We closed in four days. I was like, it was, everybody's like, no, no, it just can't even happen that way. You can't even, well, it happened. And I, I would meditate on something that God had done in the past and who he is. And, and Sarah here considered him faithful who had promised. So she didn't just have a promise, but she knew a faithful God. And I love the way this, the order of this is written here. She considered him faithful who had promised. Because you see, the purpose of the promise is to lead you to the person. And it's, it's important that we get that order. Because if, it's, if it becomes promise before person... Then if we don't watch it, we just have principles that we live by rather than a vibrant living relationship with a purpose. The purpose of the promise is always to bring you into deeper intimacy with Jesus. And, and when you look and when there's movements that focus more on taking a promise and a principle rather than on the person of knowing the person of God himself... It, it becomes dry and mechanical. So she considered him faithful who had promised. So she didn't just have a promise. She knew a faithful God. And the purpose of the promise is always to bring you into deeper intimacy with the person. Promise without person leads to empty following of principles. So consider going back and meditating on what God has done in the past. And one of the things the Lord said to me as I was out praying before I kind of launched into this season, he, he said, I give you permission to go back and to remember things that I've done. And so, I, I, again, I just went back and I did that. I even went back. I even, I even pulled out a lot of just old songs 
that had touched my heart in different years. And I would just listen to him over and over and over. And it strengthened me in the Lord. Um, and, and God did, did so many things during this season. Uh, Marcy came up, got to go to Mozambique, um, which was awesome, by the way. Some of you were like, well, were you okay without her? <laughs> I was like, yeah, there wasn't a lot she could do at that point. And uh, I think I was wearing her out. <laughs> and her going to Mozambique at that point was the best thing for both of us. Um, it was refreshing for her. And it left me to process some things with the Lord and not just with my wife, which is a good thing. And, uh, you know, and I, I say this to, to men, you know, sometimes we can just process with our wives. And God, we need other men in our lives also to process with. And obviously we, we go to the Lord and process things with him. So we meditate on moments of his faithfulness in the past. So by faith, even Sarah received ability conceived even beyond the proper time. Because she considered him faithful who had promised. Well, hey, I want us to stand and I can have some keys. I want to just step into some time of ministry here. Um, that was huge what you just did, Steve. And I really have a word for him and y'all and us. Whew, I'm going to try to get through this. Um, thank you. Humbly thank you for sharing vulnerably your story and your process with the Lord. Um, but I need to be honest with what heaven is saying about Steve and about this whole situation. In Hebrews, I'm going to read it. Oh, Lord Jesus, give me grace. Because I love you so much. Hebrews 4. The word of the Lord is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And from the very beginning since his diagnosis, I, there have been almost monthly major significant heavenly encounter dreams I've had of what the Father with the heaven is saying about Steve. And that's the word, I think the word, this, this scripture is both, you know, it's about this word. I love scripture, but it's also about his word and how he's dividing things out, you know. And in every single dream and encounter, without, without, um, I mean, it was so consistent, was the honor of your steadfast faith. The strength of your focus on heaven and on Christ. Although in June, I will say this, the, the one moment that was quite shocking to me in this particular dream was I saw Steve and he was at his house but his body was so weak weaker than I'd ever seen him and in the dream heaven wanted me to know and wanted the body to know how difficult this was for Steve the pain the suffering oh just everything you were going through physically and then it was saying but he doesn't waver in faith and I know he's being honest and he said, but I asked the Lord, you know, like, are you faithful? But it says about Abraham that he did not waver in, in, in unbelief. He did not waver in unbelief, but he grew strong in faith in Romans 4. 
And it's funny because we know the story. I mean, Ishmael, everybody, like Dana was just talking about it the other day. Like, what does that mean? How can scripture that is accurate say that? It's because what does it mean to waver in doubt? It actually means to become hostile in spirit, to distance and separate yourself. Abraham never, be, never became hostile in spirit towards God. He never lingered in a place that lent itself to hostility towards God and separation from God. My goodness, the moment you asked him, you asked him in tenderness and weakness with God. Do you see the difference in the process? You did not waver in unbelief. You never once became hostile or separate or distant. You have only grown in strength of faith and, and, and in belief in him. Only. And this is the truth because it's what heaven keeps saying over and over and over again about you, Steve. You are one of the strongest men of faith that I've personally ever had the privilege of knowing. And you need to be honored as such today. But thank you for being vulnerable with us because I see it releasing upon us like do what Steve did when you're feeling vulnerable. Don't become hostile and distant. Come vulnerable and weak. Your weakness is not sin. The Lord was saying his weakness is not sin. And in those moments, the other aspect I saw was how much heaven was contending for your call and your mission on the earth because it's not done yet. And I saw angels, and I saw prophets, and I saw apostles, and I saw the body of Christ, us here, rallying around you saying yes and amen. You don't get to have him, Satan. His mission, his call is not done and finished, and it's big. And so we stand with you today, Steve, and we say thank you, God, for this father in the faith, this apostle, Lord. This man who's not wavered in unbelief, but keeps growing and growing as an example to us all. Even when weak, Lord, you keep making him strong, Jesus. And as his, his body right here locally, we say yes to your call, Steve. We say yes. The final dream I had, he was past all this and he was laughing. And he, was, he kept writing. The man is just like on a writing mission. And we say that day is upon us and it is coming very soon. This season is done and we enter into the season of laughing and joy. The Isaac season of promise of laughter. This is an Isaac season where things will be birthed that you've held on to for so long. Yes. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you that you're rooting us deeper in your faithfulness. You are good. Lord, I thank you for a room full of overcomers. Lord, even, even this house, Lord, and all the different things we walk through in every season, this is an overcoming house. You are an overcoming people. 
And I just feel like the Lord really wants to strengthen us in that right now. And if there's an area right now you say that I am an overcomer, I, that you're, it may have been an area where you've been battling, but you, I just want you to come up front right now and just make in the declaration that I am an overcomer. Just come on forward to the front right now. I'm an overcomer. Jesus, we thank you that we overcome. You know, even as you guys just step forward, I, I just could so feel the weight of the faith and the steadfastness that you carry in the Lord. I felt it. I felt just those of you who are contending and have contended for family members to come into the fullness of who they are in Christ. You are an overcomer and your family is an overcoming family in the name of Jesus. Others of you have been contending in areas of addiction and you are an overcomer, not just for yourself, but for your family and for the generation to come. There are others of you standing here who have released supernatural forgiveness. You have overcome. Some of you have been through very painful divorces. And you are an overcomer. And that is who God says you are. And I just felt like even in the spirit, I heard the rustling of pages. And the Lord just declaring over us new chapters. New chapters. New chapters. And I feel like there, there's some of you even right now, there's this like reorientation taking place. That you've been listening to the accuser emphasize the wrong chapter. Jesus, we declare that you are faithful. You are faithful to every promise that you've made over every family. You are faithful to every promise of healing that by your stripes we are healed, that you heal all our diseases. You forgive all our iniquities. You redeem our lives. You buy our lives back from the pit. And you crown us with loving kindness and compassion. And you satisfy our years with good things. So that our youth is renewed like the eagle. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength, who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. And bless the Lord, all you hosts of his, and all you works of his, in every place of his dominion. Bless the Lord, our souls. We bless you. Let's just bless him right now. We bless you, Lord. Redeemer, Savior, Healer, Faithful One, Alpha, Omega. You are restoring youth. You are restoring years. You are healing bodies. Thank you, Lord. You are setting blood levels, sugar levels in, in places that they need to be. 
in Jesus' name. Diabetes healed in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for restoration and renewal of organs. We thank you for renewal of joints. That you are redeeming. You are redeeming and you are cutting off the voice of the accuser. And we thank you for it, God. You are good. And you make all things new. Thank you, Lord. I also feel like I just see even promises being renewed. Father, I just thank you right now that there's an erasing of expiration dates that were not from you. Erasing of disappointment. Father, thank you for angels in this room right now erasing those expiration dates that were never from you. And we declare that you are a God who defies time. And you buy back years that the locust has eaten. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You are good. You are good. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Just look at a person next to you and say he's faithful. Yeah, I just feel like super, super important what God's doing right now, that there's something that he's really anchoring you in with your identity and me, all of us. This is about our identity. Hebrews 11 was about God speaking identity, not how the world sees it, not how the enemy continually accuses us. He's silencing right now all those accusations. He's silencing them. It says that the enemy accuses day and night, but then what does it say? They overcame him. We overcome him. That's God's plan, that we overcome him. It doesn't matter how many times we're accused, we overcome him. By the blood of the Lamb, what Jesus did, and the word of our testimony, who we are in Him. And right now, God is solidifying in some of you. This is a marking moment in your life that from this day forward, you know who you are. And you stand in who you are. And you declare who you are. I saw a vision one time of this scroll coming down out of heaven. It was super, super long. It just kept coming down and kept coming down. And it said Hebrews 11 on it. And God said to me in that moment, I'm still writing Hebrews 11. And your names are written. And so are we going to waver and wonder and listen to the accuser? Or are we going to stand? that we are written in Hebrews 11 as a people of faith because that is your true identity. And we're not going to let anything be stolen from us. From this day forward, there is a marking happen that you know who you are, that you are an overcomer, that you are a man or a woman of faith, that you are a child of God, an heir with Jesus, 
and that you have inheritance. And we stand and we overcome because of who he is and who we are. And from this day forward, you will silence the accuser whenever he comes. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just say we bless you. We bless you. And we send you in the name of the Lord. We'll bless you. We send you out into your week this week. Victorious, you are an overcomer. The fire of the Spirit of God is within you. We bless you in Jesus' name.